I just invite you to stand in faith today. To believe that whether it's another touch that you need from God, if it's another door you need to open, if it's your health, whatever it is, that God is strong enough not only to do it once, God's strong enough to do it again. Maybe your finances. You're like, God, I don't know how in the world. If you'll trust God, put God first and live for him, you'll see him do it again. As we're singing that song, I'm reminded, I'm looking out at this crowd right now here in Gulf Breeze. I'm looking out at you guys. And I'm reminded that there was a day that I stood right here and had a conversation with the principal of this school at that time. Principal Richard Cobb, great man, respect so much. And he shared with us how that we wouldn't be able to move the tables and chairs because they were brand new. We couldn't touch them. And so here we were brand new to this school, brand new church, few months old, few months old. Started at Shoreline Park, went out to the pier the oyster bar and then we get in here and God had spoke and when God speaks you better remember it you better write it down you better listen to it you better walk that way he said when you get in the school when you get in the school you, you, I'll multiply you I'll multiply you and so we get in the school and now all of a sudden we have a huge obstacle the tables that are way back there that the middle schoolers eat on in here is how people came the first few weeks remember that Frankie and, and he was like, that, it, you can't touch it. Like, it's got to stay that way. And we prayed and we fasted. Because how many of y'all know you like your chair a little bit better right now than sitting back there on a little saucer, blue saucer, that your kids eat on? You with me? Yep, yep, yep. And uh, God did the miracle. And that miracle stemmed off the miracle from the pier. When we went to the pier... God provided, he's, he's our provider. He provided a place, but then all of a sudden we had these huge picnic tables, massive, heavy, beautiful. You can't move them. People are going to have to sit. And those, it, it just wasn't optimal. And so what do you do when you have something in your way that's not optimal? You go to God and you say, Lord, here's what we would like. Here's what we'd like to ask you to do. We don't have because we don't ask, so we ask. But Lord, at the end of the day, have your way. And then we get to see him move the mountains again. So Jesus, we love you today. Would you lift your hands up today all over this place in Navarre and Blackwater right here in Gulf Breeze. Would you raise your hands up to God and just say, God, I believe, help my unbelief. God, I believe, help my unbelief. One of the greatest prayers ever prayed. Lord, you know our hearts believe at times and at other times we have incredible doubt. And I'm just so thankful that you love us the same. That you, that you, you know, you're not like the stocks. You don't go up and down. You're not moody. You know, God, that your love is the same. It is unconditional. It is relentless. It's amazing. Amazing grace. Thank you for that. May we stand today in that truth. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Well, we're so glad that you came. We're in this series called Stranger Things. Stranger Things. And we're going through um, the book of Revelation. Last two, uh, last two messages have been on the rapture. The rapture. What is the rapture? The rapture is when God uh, sends his son Jesus to come back and get the church. It is like um, a groom coming for a bride. And that's exactly what's going to happen. And we don't know when it's going to happen. We just know there's nothing that has to happen in order for that to happen. It can happen at any time. And Peter reminded us, you remember Peter, he's always messing up. And man, he was just, you know, speaking up, sometimes out of turn, whatever. Um, you know, cutting a guy's ear off. Um, Peter walking on water, cutting a guy's ear off, you know, no perfect people out. And Jesus says, hey, I want you to preach Pentecost. <laughs> Here's the keys to the kingdom. Here's the keys to the car. Preach it, buddy. Um, but Peter reminds us that in the, in the last times that people will scoff and they will mock and they will not believe that Jesus is coming back. And they'll be like, he ain't come yet. People have been saying that for a long time. But what you got to remember is that a thousand years is like a day with Christ. A day with Christ is like a thousand years. So if you look back, if you look back and it's been 2,000 years since Jesus rose again, that's like two days for God. 
And God made everything in six days. He rested on the seventh. Are you with me? And so um, that, 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 is, that, is, that is no time. Jesus is coming. And so we talked about, and we put both of Mike's stands up here, and we talked about how there's something called the second coming. Two phases, first part, rapture, second part, um, the second coming. First part, he comes to get his kids. Second part, he comes back with his kids. If he's going to come back with his kids, and if he's going to come to the battle of Armageddon, we'll talk more about that later, and if he's going to come, he's going to conquer the nations, he's going to set up and rule for a thousand years. If he's going to do this, then he first, if he's going to come back with us, he must come for us. For us is the rapture. It's the next big thing. It will be the biggest event in world history ever. We're all over the world globally Millions and 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 millions of Christians, every tribe, nation, and tongue will disappear, will be caught up in an instant. At the speed of light, he will call our, he'll call our name. We'll, we'll be with him forever Amen. and ever and ever. And we're to comfort each other. In other words, right, there's something more. There's something better. Have you ever felt like, man, surely this isn't... This isn't all there is. Like I literally get up early. <laughs> I make the kids lunches. You know, I make breakfast. I do laundry. You know, I go to work. I come home. I do laundry. You know, I, I go to the office, you know, and, and, and come home and exhausted. And then I get out my laptop and work four more hours. And it is just this rat race. There is something bigger and better than here. Amen. That's good news. That is good news. In other words, someone penned the words one time, said, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. That's where my treasures are. I'm living for Jesus. When we live for Jesus, when we care about what Jesus cares about, he rewards us. That's what I want to talk to you today. So in between the rapture, phase one, second coming, phase two, there's seven years of tribulation. And all hell is going to break loose. And the Bible says and tells us that there will be a one world currency, a one world leader, a one world uh, religion, if you please. And that will be to worship the Antichrist. Who is the Antichrist? Where will he come from? Is he American? Is he European? Is he, um, he going to come from... I mean, what, what is he? Is he a Jew? Is he a Gentile? How do we know with so many different questions? And when will the tribulation start? And what's the, what's the, what is the trigger that will literally uh, be the catalyst for the tribulation? And, and, and what about Israel and all this? When you watch the news, you always need to listen for Israel. You need to pay attention. Okay, Israel Israel's very, very, not only strategic, but it's very important. And in fact, everything revolves around that. So in the world, when, when you're listening to news, or you're reading the news, you're on your phone, on a flight, whatever, however you get your news, right? Um, any information about Israel is important. And what we know right now is we're closer than we've ever been before. What we know is when Jesus comes back to get us, we won't be here when all hell breaks loose. We will be in heaven. And that's really good news. In other words, God is going to rescue his children before destruction falls. Are you with me? And I believe that. I've studied this harder than I've ever studied it. I believe it more than I ever believe it. I just do. You trace all through the Bible. We ended there last week. You look at Noah and the flood. You look at all through the Bible where God spared his people right before judgment fell. Lot. Lot. If you remember that story. If you don't, you ought to go read it. Lot. And his family, and God warns him, get your family out of here. And his wife looks back when God said, don't even turn and look back. She disobeyed, turned to a pillar of salt. The daughter-in-laws get out, or daughters get out, son-in-laws laugh. They like, yeah, whatever, we're going to, whatever. And it's just crazy, what go, but God spared Lot. He spared Lot. And so it is that before the tribulation as we read Revelation 1 through 3, we see the church mentioned 19 times. And then all of a sudden, chapter 4, chapter 4, verse 1, and all of a sudden, we're in heaven. All of a sudden, it's talking about heaven and elders. It's God's people, God's family. This is the bride, and we are in heaven. And during those seven years, 
we will be up there with God. Now, what are we going to do? We've got all kinds of questions, you know. Um, people, thank you for your questions on Facebook, and I'm going to answer them through this series. But people ask the question, will my children know me? Will my husband know me? Is there any way my, my, my husband can't know me? No, I'm just, you know, that, we, will we live beside each other, you know? You know, will there be people in heaven we don't like, you know? And, uh, you know, all kinds of questions, you know, like what is going to happen? You know, will I be married? What, what, what does it mean till death do his part? Why is that? You know, is there marriage in heaven? You know, am I going to look the same? You know, we, you, Pastor Tim, you've been talking about a glorified body. You know, we all get to heaven. Are we in our 20s? <laughs> are we in 30s? Are we in our 30s? We get to heaven, all of a sudden we all got abs. We're like sick abs, sick abs, sick abs, sick abs. <laughs> Where you at, Zach? Zach's my buddy, man. Every time we'd eat or uh, we'd pray before we eat, every time we'd eat together, no matter what we ate, Zach would end the prayer with Lord and just give us sick abs. Bless this food. Bless this pizza and Coca-Cola and give us sick abs. I'm not sure that, I, you know, I'm not sure that prayer gets answered. It's kind of like me praying yesterday. But, but uh, you know, Jesus, 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 get back to Jesus. <laughs> I'm trying, Lord. We get, we get back. Get back. I was at the Alabama game yesterday. That's what I'm talking about. And uh, so, all right. And so, <laughs> I just figured if we played roll or sweet home Alabama, I figured some of y'all would come alive, and then we take the offering. So that's what we were. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. The Lord loves a cheerful giver, man. Um, so, so we wonder what's going to happen in heaven. It's going to. What is? What are we going to do? Are we going to play harps? Are we going to float on clouds? Be like, good to see you again. Good to see you again. You know, like, what, I mean, come on. What are, are we going to get bored? What are we going to do? We're going to be like the angels that cry, holy, holy, holy. What are we going to do? Well, I want to talk about that today. And here's the one reason, real simple message. I'm, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture today. In fact, here's what I want you to do. And I, I'm going to do it right now. So I make sure that I tell you right. Get your phones out, would you? Would you get your phones out real quick? If you've never downloaded version, do it now. Do it right now. This is the will of God. I'm telling you. Download this app right now. It says Holy Bible. It's you version. Y-O-U version. You want to go here. You can read the Bible. They've got all kinds of translations on there. It's amazing. Um, they've got uh, devotions on there. What are devotions? They're plans where you can read the Bible and grow in your faith. So instead of just waiting until Sunday to hear the word of God, you can be in the word of God, which is what God wants you to do. Seven days without prayer makes one week. Seven days without the Bible makes one week, W-E-E-K, W-E-A-K, and Satan knows that, and that's why he tries to put everything in our path. Have you ever started to pray, and then all of a sudden, major distraction, phone call? It's crazy, right? And uh, TV turns on all of a sudden, you're like, who turned that? No, you know, it's just distraction. Satan will do anything, keep you from the word, and keep you from prayer, and keep you from telling others about him. So I want you to go here, and then I want you to go... Okay, so we're, we're right there on the home page. Is it Explore, Matt? I want to make sure I'm telling them. No, it's more. It's more right there. Go to more. And then under more, go to events. And then, um, and we're live right there, Momentum Church. First one, and you can touch that button, and you've got, you've got all kinds of stuff. It's really cool. You can sign up for a disaster relief mission trip, um, get involved with Black, Blacktober parties, Get the latest album. That's so cool. If you're a VIP, we got some info for you. But then you have my notes. You have my notes right there. You got my notes all right there. All right? So if you're like taking notes, and I, I think leaders are learners, and learners can be leaders. And so I would encourage you, man. You got the notes right there. If you want to go back, go back. I'd encourage you, man. Take this whole week to study the Bible and go through these passages yourself. Go through these scriptures. In fact, where to search the scriptures daily? And we're not just to listen to what Pastor Tim said. We're make sure it lines up with the Bible, right? And so my job isn't to tickle ears, tickle, you know, keep everyone happy. I'm not a clown. I'm a preacher. They are different. <laughs> and I'm to preach the word of God. And I'm to feed you. But I'm not to be your only feeder. I'm not mama. I'm preacher. I'm to preach the word. And then the rest of the week, you're to dig into the word. You're to read the word. You're to pray, talk to God. God doesn't need a... a like a church prayer of what you think prayer is supposed to be like. He just wants you to talk to him. Are you with me? So we're going to jump right into it. Let's go to Revelation. Let's go to Revelation 
4, and I want to read the first three verses. Then as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven. All of a sudden, there's an open door in heaven. And the same voice I had heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. Hmm. Interesting. Because the rapture just happened, and we just heard a trumpet. The voice said, come up here. Come up. All right? Come up. And so... The rapture, come on up here, come be with me, John 14, 1 through 3. Come up here, and I will show you what must happen after this. And instantly, I was in the Spirit, I was translated, I'm in heaven, and I saw a throne in heaven, and someone sitting on it. And the one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones, like jasper, carnelian, and the glow of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. I said last week, and I'm telling you, I've seen more rainbows in the last four months than I feel like I've seen the last six years. I think there's a reason for that. In verse 11 of the same chapter, I love this. Revelation 4 is a pretty, pretty short chapter. Um, but I love this verse, verse 11. It says, you are worthy. And we sing a song about that, Matt. Worthy. You are worthy, O Lord God, to receive glory and honor. And power. See, we live in a generation where people want glory and power. But they don't realize that there's only one that truly deserves it. We live in a generation today where we dishonor over honoring. Boy, isn't that the truth? And yet God, he is worthy to receive glory, honor, and power for you. Now you need to get this inside of you. You created all things. Did you hear that? So when we're in heaven, all of a sudden, all of us will become creationist. All of a sudden, all of us will believe that he truly created all things. We'll all come to an understanding. Well, I thought, well, I thought, well, I studied, well, I believed. No, all of a sudden, we see him high and lifted up, and we realize, whoa, wow. Little me, really, really big he. You, you. You ever done that before? You ever figure something out? You're like, oh, it was you. It was you all this time. Some of you ladies have a secret sister, right? And then, and then, and then all of a sudden, secret sister does something. Then you find out at the end, uh, oh, it was you. Okay, it was, I was wondering who it, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all of a sudden, everyone that gets into heaven... We're all getting in the same way through the door, which is Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He is the good shepherd. He's the door. He's the only door. Not one of the doors, not the back door. He's the front door. There's only one door. We're getting in through the door. And then all of a sudden we see who he is. And all of a sudden we realize you created everything. Wow. Wow. You created the sunsets and the fish that I love to catch. The sunrise, the rainbows, you created it all. All of a sudden we realize, yes, you are worthy. You're worthy. You alone are worthy. You're worthy. And I can't help but think as we read this passage, man, we're on our knees. Because we're saying, you're the one. You're the one. There, there's no one like, like your name was above every name. And that's why today the message is so simple to live for one name. Because at the end of the day, only one name's going to live. Amen. Only one name's going to live. So live for only one name. Don't live for the name on the back of your jersey. They'll be traded in a year. And then you just, you just spent $150 on a jersey. Nothing wrong with that. I got jerseys. Nothing wrong. I'm not down a jersey. I'm just saying don't live for that name. Don't even live for your name. Live for his name. Because one day we'll all realize, did you see that? He's worthy. He's worthy. It's kind of like when a, and this is a really bad illustration, but it's the best human illustration that I can imagine. It's like when I've talked to men who've messed up, and it's not just men, but I've talked to men who have messed up, who've cheated on their wife, who didn't care about their wife, and and this has happened through 20 years of ministry. And, and it's a temptation for every one of us husbands. And we didn't realize what we had until she was ready to leave. 
And then all of a sudden, we have this awakening, this understanding. Wow! You No, 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 wow! Like, I've been treating you here, and you are really here. So let me do this and place you, baby, where you deserve. Are you with me? And I think in heaven at this moment, we're going to have this aha moment where it's like, wow, like, yeah, I read my Bible. I, you know, I threw up some prayers every now and then. But holy cow, it's real. He's real. And his worthiness is real. You created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. Now, let's do this. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. Verse B on the screen here. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. This is what the scripture means when it says, when they say, No eye has seen, and no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. I think that's pretty much good common sense right there. In other words, none of us get it. None of us understand. None of us even, like, you go to the most beautiful place you've ever been your entire life. Go to the most uh, romantic place that you've ever been, and, and, and you're just like, man, this is just beautiful. Everything's perfect. I don't know where it was. I, I don't know if it's in the islands or, I, I don't know. Maybe you're in Hawaii. I don't know. Maybe you went to a country and you're just blown away. You're like, I never expected, like, this country, Ireland, to be so beautiful. Holy cow, that's majestic in the mountains and the waters. Or maybe you went to Alaska recently and you didn't just do the cruise, but you got off the cruise boat and you, you walked around and you drove around a little bit and you got to see a little bit of Alaska and you're like, wow, 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 wow. Or maybe you've been up um, to Montana and you've just seen the beauty, right? No, 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 no. When we see heaven, we will all be dumbfounded. When we see heaven, we'll be blown away. Now that's That's very encouraging today because I'm going to heaven. That means the house you live in, whether you own it or not, mortgage paid off or not paid off, what that means is is you got another better place coming. You got a real home that's not going to rust. There's no dust unless it's gold dust. Now, to our text, 2 Corinthians 5, 9 through 11. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, what does that mean? It means whether we're alive or, or dead. Because your body is, is a part of you. It's just not all you. You have a soul and a spirit. And we talked about when we die, we put the body in the ground, but the soul is immediately present with Jesus as a Christian. That's why when we go to funerals and we cry, we cry and we grieve, and you always should. But we don't do it like those that do it without hope. Because we have hope. It's not goodbye. It's see you later. It's not they're dead. No, they've just moved. They've changed neighborhoods. So whether we're here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. And we throw sometimes flippantly as Christians, we, float, or we throw this thing around. And, and, and if you say only God's supposed to judge me, yeah, God is going to judge you. And, and, and yet there, there's some more to it than just that. We're judged. You judge all the time. You judge people all the time, right? And we look on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart, right? But man looks on the outward appearance. And so if you're a judge, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay, if you're a liar, raise your other hand. (laughs) We judge people all the time. People walk in, they stink, right? We come up to a light, and there's another person holding another sign that says... Right? And we judge them. We judge people all the time. And yes, God is the ultimate judge. You better believe it. And, and here's the thing. And here's the thing that moves me. Here's the thing that moves me. He says, I'm going to judge you. Now, let's break that down. Let's break that down. Let's read this. Here we go. All right. So, 2 Corinthians 5, 9 through 11. So whether we're here in this body, we read that. We will each, or for we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. Now, let me stop right there and break the scripture down. You need to understand when Jesus died on the cross, Jesus was judged for our sins, past, present, and future. It was a sin mortgage that had to be paid for in full. And only one could pay for it in full. So Jesus left heaven, he came to earth so we could leave earth and go to heaven, substitution 
Just like sports today, just like NFL, players come out, players go into the game. He got into our game because he knows our name and he gets on the cross and he pays the ultimate price. The judgment of God was on Jesus on the cross. So the nails, the beating, the crown of thorns, 39 stripes, the spit in the face, all that was horrible. But the worst thing about the cross was God literally poured his cup of anger and vengeance and punishment on Jesus for me. That's theology. He paid it for me. Why? Because he loves me. And he would rather take my place and give me grace so I could live forever with him. Because what sin, what sin destroyed, God already had a plan to rebuild. And Jesus died on the cross and he became, big word, propitiation. He became my sin, my punishment, my payment, my sins, my judgment was placed on him. And he did it for me. He did it for you. When I accept that, that he died, he he bled for me. His blood is the only thing that was perfect, could wash away my sins. And he died and he was buried and he rose again. And I'm saying, yes, I believe. I believe in all three. I believe you died for me. You rose again. You bled for me. You died for me. You rose again. You bled for me. You died for me. You rose again. I'll put my faith in that. Not in my good works. I become a Christian. And now Romans 8 verse 1 says there's now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Like a baseball being in a baseball glove. This is called um, positional truth. I'm in Christ. So I am in Christ. I'm always in Christ. No man can pluck me out of the Father's hand. No man can pry me out of the Father's hand. No man can take me out of the Father's hand. Holy Spirit's got me. Jesus got me. God the Father's got me. That's pretty awesome right there. Not even me. I can't even say, I want out of here. Oh, no. Oh, no, you are in here. Now, listen to me. If you've never placed your faith and trust in what Jesus did on the cross, today's the day. Because he could come today. You could die on the way home. We're driving back last night. It's 1 a.m. And we watch a a car hit a deer right in front of us. Right in front of us. 20 deer on the side. And watch a car, boom, right in front of us. None of us know how much time we have to live. Don't gamble with your life. More importantly, don't gamble with your soul. Man, it's a great reason to come to Jesus today. And in this scripture, now this scripture, we came to heaven, not by our good works, because our good works are as filthy rags in God's sight. We came to heaven because of his finished good work. But now, now God is going to judge us, not whether we deserve heaven or hell, because Jesus settled that on the cross. Can I get an amen? Now, Jesus is going to reward us. It's kind of like you, mom. It's you. You just get home from work. Husband's at work. You got kids at the house. You're like, all right, I'm going to go grocery shopping. And y'all are staying here. Amen. (laughs) And y'all are staying right here. And I'm going to go pick up the groceries that I called in. I'm going to be right back. And I want you to have this and you have this and you to have this done. And you get back and then you inspect what happened. What's that word? Accountability. Accountability. That way. Accountability. And so you're going to hold the kids. Okay. And the ones that did right. Oh, you didn't clean your room. One's going, okay, no problem. Uh, You two hop in the car. We're going to go, go get some ice cream. And you reward them. This is what this verse is talking about. Let's look at it. Here we go. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we've done in this earthly body. Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord. Not our fear that we uh, have an unhealthy fear of God. We have a very healthy fear of God. And we realize there's a responsibility. God gave us breath for a reason. If you are here today, whether you believe in Jesus or not, God's not through with you yet. You have a purpose for your life. God has a purpose for your life. And God's purpose for your life is better than your purpose for your life. In fact, God's purpose for your life is your purpose for your life. And because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, it's like someone who rescued someone. And then that person is like, man, whatever you need, you saved my life. We were in the war. Had it not been for you. I would be here today, and I want you to know, as long as I'm alive, I'll do anything and everything I can to serve you, to help you, to help your family. I'm indebted to you. I'm indebted to you. It's like we're indebted to the Lord. Why? Because of his finished work on Calvary. Because none of us could have done that. The only thing that we brought to the cross was our sin. 
The only thing we, we could do was bring our sin. He washed it white as snow. He washed it white as snow. Though your sins are like crimson, they will be washed whiter. And he says whiter. I like that. Whiter than snow. We have a responsibility to the Lord. We work hard to persuade others. Hey, that's why you don't need to get discouraged when you invite people to come to church and they don't come. That's why, that's why you just need to keep inviting people. We work hard. Is that hard work? Yeah, but hard work works hard. Gets rewarded hard. Sound like Yogi Berra there. Right? Like if you were, yeah, we're working hard. Yeah, 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 because we realize this is urgent. We got to rescue other people. We got to help other people. People aren't gospel hardened always. Sometimes they're just gospel ignorant. They just don't know. And so we work hard to persuade others. Now, this is us as Christians. Let me ask you a question. How hard are you working to persuade others? That's why every Sunday we talk about get in a group. Why? Because life is better together. That's why we talk about, man, get on a serve team. It's why, it's why we're doing block um, parties. We're not doing it because we got nothing to do. We're not doing it because we don't have kids that want to go. No, no, like, like we're going to do all that. We're going to get the candy, right? And then parents, some of you are going to throw it away, right? <laughs> and, uh, you're going to get it. No, no, not me, son. Don't, we don't do that, right? Um, we just eat it. We daddy tax. Amen. Amen. We get a little daddy tax. Amen. We're walking. I'm like, what, what you got up in there? Let me see that king size butterfinger. Amen. Amen. What? Yeah, baby. Paid for it by daddy. Here we go. Right? Isn't that right? Who bought you a costume? All right, give it to me. Let's go. Daddy tags. Mama tags. Right? 10%. The tithe. We're taking a tithe. God takes a tithe. We fix him to take a tithe. Thank God he only taking 10%. We're taking 30. Here we go. <laughs> uh, we having fun up in here. I love this, that we have work to do and we work hard to persuade others. Why? Because the world is working really hard. The devil's working really hard. My God, our flesh is working overtime. Working overtime. Working overtime. And so we work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. I love this. For we believers will be called to account... And we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be repaid. Someone say rewarded. Repaid for what has been done in the body. It's my body. I'm going to do my body what I want to. No, 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 no. No, it's, did someone not tell you? No, it's not your body. It, it, it belongs to the Lord. It's his temple. You were paid for and bought with the precious blood of Jesus. So, so now let me tell you, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are both God's. Right? So, so for we believers will all be called to account and must all appear. Now I'm reading from the Amplified Version. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be repaid for what has been done in the body, whether good or bad. That is, each will be held responsible for his actions, purposes, goals, uh-oh, and motives. Not just what you did, but why are you serving? Not just why do you give, or, or, or the fact you give, but why do you give? Not just the fact that you're in church, but why are you in church? The use or misuse of his time, opportunity. Did you, the use or misuse of his time or her time. The use or misuse of our time, our opportunities, and our abilities. So, let's go through some verses real quick. Here's what I want you to know. All my sins were judged at the cross. We talked about that. This is about sonship. I already qu- quoted Romans 8.1. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. 1 Peter 2, 24, he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so we could be dead to sin and alive for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. All my sins are forgiven, Pastor Tim. I do what I want. Yes, all your sins are forgiven. But grace is not a license to sin. Hebrews 9, 28, so also Christ was offered once For all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people, he will come again. Not to deal with our sins. Someone say amen. Amen. Not to deal with our sins. That was the cross. But to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. 
Romans 1.5. And from Jesus Christ, he is a faithful witness to these things, the first to rise from the dead, and the ruler of all kingdoms of the world. All glory to him who loves us. That's just good news. Let's just stop right there. Let's just celebrate that. He loves us, and he did it again. He loved you yesterday, but he loved you again this morning. His mercy's new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. He's going to love you tomorrow. He's going to love you the next day, the next week, the next year. There's nothing we can do to create God or, or to make God love us any less. There's nothing we can do to make God love us any less. That's great news. I tell my kids that. You're going to mess up. I want you to know mama messed up before too. You're going to mess up. Daddy messed up before too. But there's nothing you could ever do to make me love you any less. You may not be doing right, and I'm going to talk to you about it, but I'll never love you any less. I, I won't. Because how could I do that when my Father in heaven loves me like this? It's always up and to the right. You with me? So, I love that. We're faithful witness to these things. All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins. How did he free us from our sins? By the good works that we do. By going to church. Nope, that's not what <laughs> Revelation says. Revelation 1.5 says, All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by the shedding of his blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Here's what I want you to know. Number one, all my sins were judged at the cross. Number two, all my sins are confronted with conviction by the Holy Spirit. The first was about sonship. This is about confession. First John 1 John 1.9. But if we confess our sins to him, this book was written to believers who are already headed to heaven. If we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Let me break this down, and I think we may even stop right there for today. Let me break this down to you. So Jesus did die on the cross. When I accepted him as my Lord and Savior, I said, Jesus, I don't deserve. I'm a sinner. You paid my price. You paid it once and full for all. I, I, I give you my sin and I receive your gift. Thank you for dying. Thank you for bleeding for me. That's the only thing that could wash away my sins. God, thank you for that. And I, I believe you not only died or buried, I believe you rose again. I'm putting my faith in you, not my faith in me, not my faith in my church attendance, my good works, my baptism, catechism, none of that stuff. It's all you, Jesus. It's you and only you. I'm trusting in you. If they ask me, why should you get in? I got one answer. There's only one answer. Jesus. Amen. Jesus. Amen. Jesus. Jesus. It's only Jesus. It's always only been Jesus. No one gets in because they were here or here. No, no, it was Jesus, that's the standard perfection. We couldn't get it. He came down and got it for us. He got 100. Isn't that cool? I always wanted 100. I got one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Jesus. So my sins are paid for at the cross. But as a Christian now, I have been forgiven, but I've not been glorified. What does that mean? I'm not, I'm not in heaven yet. There's still temptation to sin. Let's break it down. Let's just break it real down. Yesterday, I'm on campus. I'm with the woman of my dreams, Stephanie Payne. I love her. She's not feeling good. She's a trooper. I said, baby, I owe you some yard sales for this. I don't like to yard sale. Finding a good something, a good prize, I don't know, a good deal at a yard sale, man. She puts her up there. So I'm like, baby, she's sick. We're walking in. It's a beautiful campus. I'm like, baby, I owe you. We're walking around. There are all these women, all these women all over the place. I'm a man of God. I'm a man. I love Jesus. I struggle with the world, flesh, and devil. Do you? And there are these girls running around like half naked. Literally. And I got to keep like this. There all of a sudden is a battle in me. Don't check out on me and don't look at me like you're judging me. Because you know what you're looking at last night. All of a sudden, there's a battle as a man in my flesh to look. And there's a battle to lust. I'm a Christian. I've got Jesus. I'm preaching tomorrow morning. And there's this girl right over here in my peripheral. And the enemy's saying, look. Just look. If you're a man and you're honest, say amen. amen. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And ladies, you say amen too. We know y'all lust after our husbands. You know, y'all laughing up. Lusting over your husband over there. All of a sudden, there's this temptation. 
There's this temptation. And, and I'm with the woman in my dreams. I don't care nothing about that girl. But she's beautiful and she's half naked. And I'm a preacher who loves Jesus. Now, what do you do? You give in or you stay the course? Now, if I give in, then I'm going to give in and give in and give in. And then you give in to not just, a, not just a sin here, but a sin and a sin and a sin and then a big sin. And by the way, there's no little sins. Jesus said, if you look at a woman you lust after, that means I don't just look and see her beauty because God hardwired us that way, man. Like we're hardwired to recognize beauty, to be drawn to beauty. But I'm not, I'm not talking about like just saying she's a pretty woman. I'm saying like she's a pretty woman. And I can't stop looking at her. We just got real. I just feel like all of a sudden we just got real. All of a sudden we went from here to like where we are. So you didn't make a noise back there. Somebody fell out. <laughs> That's funny. I don't care who you are. That's funny right there. Y'all make sure someone's okay back there. I think I'm making fun of them. I thought someone was repenting. I, I thought. But there's this battle in me. And like Paul said, the things I don't want to do, sometimes I do. And the things I should do are the things that I don't do. Like, Lord, my God, who's going to deliver me from this? Jesus will. And one day in heaven, we won't wrestle with sin anymore. But until then, until then, I must guard my heart because out of it are the issues of life. If I can look at a woman and lust after her with my wife right here, then I will do it online when she's not there. And then we'll go from a picture to a person. Are you with me? And then sin conceives and gives birth to a baby, even more sin. Are you with me? That's how sin takes us out. The devil always wants to take you out. So what do we do? We're right there. We're like, no, uh uh-uh. Let's go. Let's walk on. Let's get to that game, get her spanking, get it over with, and walk out of here. I was being honest. I had very low expectations. A 63 to 3 was my prediction. Thank God we scored a touchdown. Thanks, defense. We got a touchdown in there yesterday. It's big stuff. Right? But I'm struggling, Jesus. Yes, yes, you're struggling. But this is about confession. And I close. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. See, here's the thing. My sonship is settled. I'm always a child of God. Because when I got saved, when I got born again, when I received Jesus, when I said, Jesus, I need you. I need you to do for me. I can never do for myself. Forgive my sins. Take me to heaven. When I did that, my name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And it was written with the blood of Jesus. And that that stuff ain't erasing. That stuff's not coming out. No one can take that out. My name is forever settled in heaven. I've got a place. I'm a son of God. I'm an heir to the, to the king. Are you with me? Come on. I'm going to live in heaven, y'all. Y'all don't understand what I'm saying. That's settled. Sonship is settled, but now all of a sudden, fellowship gets messed up with sin. If I keep a sin in my life, the Lord will not hear me. If I pet sin, got a little pet sin over here. You know, what was that, Dumb and Dumber? Pretty bird, pretty bird. I remember that movie. Pretty bird. If I'm over here and I'm petting sin, like a, like a 12-foot python started out as a little baby that I just love, 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 and then all of a sudden one day, boom. That's what sin does. You just pet it, you just feed it, and it grows. And it grows and it grows. One day it gets bigger than you are, and then one day it consumes you. And so if I keep sin in my heart, then when I go and I pray, there's... There's my, all my sins are forgiven. I, I'm still his child. But now the son, the relationship is not broken. The fellowship is. And, and to illustrate it, we're out. It's with you and your kids. You tell your kids something, your kids disrespectful. They go and slam the door. Now you may have said this. Hopefully you didn't mean it. But hopefully the next words out of our mouth aren't, you are not my son. You're not my daughter. No, it's more like, oh no, you didn't. It's, it's more like, not today, devil. I'm talking to both of y'all. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, uh-uh, uh-uh. But it's not like, get your crap out of here. You're no longer my son or daughter. No, 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 no. My sonship's forever settled. I'm a child of God. I'm a son of God. And I'm a man of God. That's why the enemy wants to come after me. 
But when I sin, after the cross, I just, I admit, that's confession. God, you know I just did that. God, I just got in the flesh. God, I just got a little proud. God, I responded improperly. That person said something to me, and I was like, (laughs) I didn't read my Bible today. You picked on me on the wrong day. I got something for you. Right? No, 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 no. No, and when we do that, we recognize it, and we say, Lord, it's kind of like basketball players, NBA starting again. You see someone with a foul, and they raise their hand. They're admitting guilt. That's what 1 John 1, 9 is about. Admitting guilt, not to go to heaven. It's because I'm going to heaven, and I want this awesome relationship with Jesus. I want no sin between me, right? It's like one of our friends yesterday we saw at the football game, hadn't seen him in years, was dying of leukemia seven years ago, and prayed over him six years ago, prayed over him. He's alive. He's doing so well. He was telling me about one of his children. He's a preacher. One of his children far from God. He said, it breaks my heart. I've gone through every emotion from anger to sorrow to tears to prayer to I'm not calling you because I'm mad at you. I was just talking about that whole thing. And he said, after you and I talked on the phone yesterday, and now here it's been two hours and we've seen each other. He said, I called my child, and he said, we both said, we don't like this thing between us. That's what sin always does. Sin always gets between you and God, and it hinders your prayers. And if you ever thought my prayer was like, just hitting the ceiling, like, what's going on? Check your heart. You may be storing sin because God wants you to hear your prayers, but sin keeps us from our best. Sin keeps us from our, so when we sin, we don't say, oh, oh God, I'm going to hell. Oh, no, what if I get hit by a car? No, no, no. When we sin, we say, Lord, thank you. I know you paid for my sins. I just want to admit what I did was wrong. And see, in that place of humility, there's incredible grace. And it's not, it's not only for God, it's for people. Because now I have the humility to go back to the person I was rude to and say, I was rude to you. And we both know that. And they don't go, really? They don't do that. They're like, I forgive you. And now forgiveness flows. And I can live the Christian life that I'm supposed to live. And I can have the anointing and the power of God upon me because I'm, I'm yielding to the Spirit of God and I'm stiff-arming sin. Some Christians think it's the opposite. They think they're supposed to yield to sin and stiff-arm the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. No, we stiff-arm sin and we yield to the Spirit of God. In other words... When you've done wrong to someone and you have that thing inside you, says you need to go apologize. That's not the devil talking. <laughs> yeah, I'm not listening to that voice. It might be saying, I am. Preacher said, don't listen to the devil. I'm not listening to the devil. She's the devil. I'm not talking to her again. No, no, no. No, 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 no. No, we humble ourselves. We humble ourselves. We humble ourselves. It's confession. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Please, heads bowed, eyes closed. I want to just simply ask you two questions. You know, in this series, um, this, this is real, and it is coming, and it really is the alarm clock for Christians. When you start talking about being accountable before God, it's an alarm clock. It's, in other words, it's a look into my life. It's like, how am I living? How is my life? And I just want to tell you that God loves you so much, believer. He loves you. He knew your sin, all of it, and he still went to the cross. How many Christians here today would say, Tim, there's an area in my life that's like that pet sin that you talked about. And you know, God already is like, uh-huh. <clears throat> and you're like, it's, it's, hindering, it's hindering my walk. It's hindering my prayers. It's hindering what God wants to do in my life. There's some things I need to confess and forsake. If that's you, would you raise your hand all over? Navarre, you'd raise it up. Gulf Freeze, you'd raise it up right now. Man, you're right in Blackwater prison. You'd ring it up. You'd uh, hold it up. Ring it up, however you want to do it, hold it up. You say, Tim, there are some things in my life. Right now, the Spirit of God is convicting me. That's what He does. He convicts us. He says, there's lust in your life. Deal with it. There's lying in your life. You're just dishonest. There's no such thing as business ethics. There's just ethics. You got a problem with lying. You got a problem with judging. You're not the Holy Spirit. And we could go on and on and on. But you say there's something, and, and I just, right now, wherever you are, keep your hands up. Hold them up high. I think that's a great thing. It's a great thing. We do it all the time, man. Right? With that football game, hands are up all the time. Right? Hold it up to God and say, God, 
I, I, I ask you to help me with this. In other words, like we could keep fighting cobwebs or we could kill the spider. You can keep cleaning out those cobwebs. My gosh, it's back again today. Or you can say, Holy Spirit, shine the light on this in my life. I give you permission. I don't want to mess up here. God, I'm, I'm falling here. I'm, I'm struggling here. Whatever it is, God, I, I want to get right. I need your help. You're inviting the Holy Spirit. You're, you're saying yes. You're not resisting him. You're, you're walking in alignment and agreement with him. Lord, help me here. Your hands are up. Just tell him whatever it is. Be honest. Be honest. God knows your heart. You can put your hands down. Listen, it's great to take a shower as often as you need it, and it's great to confess as often as you need it. You can confess right there. You can be driving. You can be in the shower. You can be talking to someone else and have a thought. Lord, it just forgive me. I confess that. I don't want nothing between you and me. Then if you're here today and, and you have never put your trust in Jesus alone, you trust Jesus, but you're also trusting Jesus and religion. You trust Jesus, but you're also trusting Jesus' goodness and your goodness. No, 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 no. I'm just talking about Jesus. Just Jesus. The fact that he died, he was buried, and he rose again. By doing that, he defeated death, hell, the grave. He defeated your sin. He will wash you white as snow. He will make you clean. He will make you right with God. Jesus wins. The devil loses. Today is your day. You're sitting there. You're like, I know this is my day. Then say yes to him today. Just say yes to him today. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I lead us in a sinner's prayer. We pray together as a church family. Would you pray with me, church? You'd say, dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I need you, Jesus. You're the Savior of the world. Save me from myself, from my sin. Come into my life. I give you my life. Thank you for dying for me and bleeding for me. Rising again. I believe it all. Teach me how to live. In Jesus' name. Amen. With heads bowed and eyes closed. If you did that today, Scripture says that right now, we can't see it, doesn't mean it's not happening. Right now, in heaven, your name is being inked. It's like a tattoo, it's not going away. Jesus is writing your name. And that name, when that name's called, I'll be there. And you'll be there because you just said yes to Jesus. And heaven is celebrating you. And they're saying, worthy Jesus. Holy Jesus. You forgave another sinner. Worthy Jesus. So let us celebrate too. Let us celebrate with you. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If, if that's you, you said yes to Jesus in Blackwater. You're watching online. You're in Navarre. You're in Gulf Breeze. I want you because you're, you are so excited that Jesus has made you brand new. Old is gone. New has come. If that's you, raise your hand up on the count of three. Spirit of God, give them courage, I pray. One, two, three, right now. Hold it up high. Hold it up high. I see a hand there. I see a hand there. Hold it up high. I see a hand here. Hold it up. Keep it up. Keep your hand up. There's a hand over here.